Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Clarity Podcast. I am Elena, and as always, I am looking forward to this conversation. Now, for newcomers or those who just may have slept since our last convo, the reason we're here is to see ourselves, others, and God clearer so that we can live the abundant life that we were created for. Now, remember, Clarity is a blog, a vlog, and a podcast, so you can watch, read, or listen to any content on various platforms. And, as always, everything is on clarityblog.com. All right, so a few weeks ago, during a much-needed laugh talk brunch session, I was telling one of my friends that it's almost like I can see God shifting things into place, and I'm excited But it's also a little nerve-wracking to feel the proximity of the promises I've been waiting and hoping for. Let me be real with y'all. It feels like I am standing on a beach and a tidal wave is just surging toward me. Have you been in a season like this? Are you here now? If so, thank you so much for the company. I have been wanting someone to be with me in a season like this. But if you are unsure... Let me explain. You can feel the magnitude of the moment you're in. You see the transition. You sense the doors that are about to open. You understand the choices you'll probably have to make. And it's all of these revelations that create the opportunity for self-sabotage. Because deep down, you know everything is about to change. But you're not really sure if you fully want them to. You know, self-sabotage has been an intermittent companion and my nemesis most of my life. It's what paralyzed me with fear in my elementary school spelling bee. I knew how to spell those words. I just didn't want to because I probably wasn't going to win anyway. It's, It's what kept me in that relationship for months too long when I knew there was better out there for me. It's what makes me white knuckle grip some situations and let others just slip through my fingers. All of my life, I have been trying to end my cycles of self-sabotage, but I was trying to fix what I was doing without really facing why it's possible in the first place. I know there's a blessing in this lesson, and I just wasn't finding it. But it's because I wasn't getting to the root. So here's the clarity point. Attempting to move forward to levels we refuse to grow to will always result in self-sabotage because we're always sabotaged by the things within us that God already warned us about. It's the areas we didn't heal, we didn't submit, or we didn't surrender. Those are the things that sabotage us because these areas aren't meant to go with us to the next level. So all they do is just pull us backwards. So it's kill them or kill the promise. Those are the options. So today, we're facing ourselves. And I'm pretty sure we'll find we have a lot more in common than we think. You know, sometimes our patterns of self-sabotage can be so subtle. For me, it can be as simple as spending the evening binge-watching a TV show or a movie. I can call it rest, a break, or self-care when in reality, 
I'm just attempting to distance or avoid or isolate myself from what I know I need to be doing with that time. Because with self-sabotage, sometimes it's not really about whether the action is negative or positive, but what we stop doing to do that instead. So before we move forward, here are a few questions for you to consider when locating your patterns of self-sabotage. FYI, all of these examples are just a list of my own dirty laundry, if you're wondering. So one, what typically stops or slows down your forward momentum? What has the power to derail or distract your progress? Is it anger, fear, worry, anxiety, the need to be in control, holding on to the past, staying too long in the present, lack of confidence, too much complacency? What is it? And two, what typically triggers you? Is it feeling overwhelmed, disappointed, out of control, abandoned, devalued, hopeless? What triggers that self-sabotage in you? And three, what areas could you be self-sabotaging yourself in? Do you know the promise of God you are supposed to be moving toward in this season? Now, for some of us, there are things God has told us or that we know we need to do to move closer to the person and the place that God has promised us. If this is a mystery to you, your unfilled desires are usually a hint because typically our heart's desires are from God. How we fulfill them, that's where things start getting a bit sketchy. So think, what have you been wanting to do? Planning, thinking, talking about, or working on for months or years. This may be an area you are self-sabotaging yourself by either not getting or not obeying direction from God. So, okay, I'll put myself back in the hot seat. So this month, I've learned that apparently my self-sabotage typically takes on three personas. And they each have their own root and they each have their own trigger. So let me know if you see yourself in any of these two. All right, first up, we have the escape artist. Now, this persona is quick to abandon the promise because it was never going to work out or I didn't want it that bad anyway. Settling is your safety net and you lull yourself to sleep with the notion that you're happier without what God promised you. You have enough. You are enough. Nothing major needs to change. You're fine. But you're triggered when life gets to be too much. Too many opportunities. Too many responsibilities. Too many expectations. Too many requirements to grow. It's all just too much. You're overwhelmed and you're pretty sure you can't cut it anyway. So you never really fully try. And if you do try, you abort at the first sign things may not work out. Because life has taught you to quit first. You see, the escape artist gives up at the point they have to give more. So they become okay with never getting more. In essence, they abandon the future to retreat to the familiar. 
So it's interesting when you have been hoping and praying and wanting something for so long, how terrifying it can be to see yourself on the cusp of getting it. What should be an exciting moment is laced with fear. And for many of us, the risk of getting or not getting it is equally scary. So we opt for what we already know. And we just disregard the fact that we attempted to move forward because we already decided what we had wasn't enough. So be honest about what scares you. It's not that you don't think more is possible. Oh no, what scares you is that you do. Because sometimes when we can't see our way out, we settle into a place of destruction instead of deliverance. Now, please believe I am not coming for you. This has been me and if I am not careful, it can be me again. So never think that this is all shots fired at you. Okay, the interesting thing about the escape artist is the very truth that they avoid is what will actually set them free. You see, self-sabotage shows you that you believe change is coming. You feel the magnitude of the possibility, but you've convinced yourself you're not ready. And you know what? You're probably not wrong. I once heard Apostle Jonathan Ferguson say, sometimes you have to agree with the devil quickly. Now, when he said it, it sounded 10 shades of off to me. But the more I thought about it, it's really a powerful truth. See, the problem with the things that we're telling ourselves when we're creating the self-sabotage spiral is that there's some truth to it. I'm not ready for this. I'll probably mess this up anyway. This is terrifying. You know what? All of that may be true. That's why empty platitudes may never really help you out of the situation you're in. You need the truth. Yes, you may not be qualified. Yes, you may have a long history of failing in this particular area. And yes, it's a good chance you might find a way to screw this up. But based on your experience, your concerns, they may be valid. But your probability for success is not based on you. It's all banking on the God that's with you. He makes all the difference and nothing you can tell yourself can ever stand up to God's track record for success. Now, for some of us, we believe that God is powerful, but we misunderstand our power. Self-sabotage, it proves that you aren't powerful enough to be your own savior, but you have enough power to stop yourself. You see, it's interesting because it's an indication that on one level, your identity is completely misaligned. But deep down, there is some awareness of your power because part of you knows only you can stop you. It's powers used for the wrong purpose. That's the problem. What should be propelling you forward, you direct it at yourself and stay it to destroy you. So what do you do? You've got to decide to let the old you go. Burn the bridge to anything behind you and be willing to move forward at all costs. I'm not saying forget your past failures. That's nearly impossible. But what I am saying is to reframe how you see them. Despite and because of them, you are here. Despite 
every imperfection and the flawed human being that you clearly are. <laughs> and because of the strength and wisdom you've gained from your journey, coupled with God's grace and mercy, you are here with the opportunity to have more and be more. That's the truth. You don't have to see how you're equipped or that you'll be successful. You just have to know that you are and you will be because that's what God promised. To end this self-sabotage spiral, you have to trust that you have a savior more powerful than your humanity and a father that loves you enough to keep his promises. And the second you doubt this, which we inevitably do, run to him instead of running away. All right, next, we have the preventer. <laughs> now, their mantra is fool me once, but you won't have the chance to fool me again. This persona has the appearance of progress, but in reality, they're too distracted by the past to move forward. Oh, you'll be trucking along just fine, moving and shaking and whatnot. But when something that happens that looks too familiar to a painful experience, oh, you'll go into a self-sabotage tailspin because you become consumed with preventing the past from happening again. Anger, fear, victimhood, hopelessness, need for control, desperation for justice, which is really usually just borderline revenge. Your self-sabotage can take on many forms, but what it is in the results is you're more concerned with protection than progress. The heaviness of your brokenness and unresolved issues, they weigh you down and the momentum that you had, it either stops or it drastically slows down. You see, you make progress in many other areas, but in this one area, you're stuck. Your wounded heart is chained to the past and where your heart is, your behavior follows. And from that old habits, thoughts, and feelings, they start creeping back in. You see, preventers, they spend so much energy focused on what they feel like they lost that they lose sight of what God is giving them. They essentially trade the promise for restitution. You see, my granny used to take the revelations that she gleaned from life and make them into sayings that found their way into her everyday conversations. She used to say, your feelings will have you acting a fool and then call you a fool for acting. But it's the feelings we feel out of our broken places. That's what makes us look like fools. Nothing sends me into a self-sabotage spiral faster than my brokenness being triggered. When a situation takes me back to a place of hurt or insecurity or abandonment, that I've been to before, it can trigger old reactions that sabotage new blessings. It makes me forget who I am and all of the tools that I've gained. And I revert back to this person who's ill-equipped for the current level because I'm trying to fight this battle with outdated weapons. You know, it's funny how quickly we lose current common sense when we slip back into unhealthy past behavior. When our hurt and fears get triggered, we've got to remember who we are and what we've learned. We are not victims. 
We are overcomers. The situation, other people's behavior, outside opinions, they don't tell us who we are. God does. And we choose victory over self-sabotage when we believe it and act like it. You know, sometimes you have to fight your feelings for your future. Too often we sacrifice our future for what we feel at the moment. And that math will never make sense. When I think of all the times I've engaged my preventer mode, it has been triggered by the reminder of broken promises and all the times that I hoped and was disappointed. It's a feeling I never want to feel again. So I step back from the next level to protect myself. Nobody wants to be a fool twice, especially me. But what I have to remember is who made the promise and ask myself, who said that I was a fool? In all of those times, it wasn't God that made the promise. Or if he did, it wasn't him that said that this situation was the fulfillment of his promise. It was usually me or some other person that did that. So I was never hopeless. My hope was just misplaced. And second, making a mistake doesn't make me foolish, does make me foolish, but it doesn't make me a fool. There's a difference. So what's the cause and the cure? You see, this strain of self-sabotage comes because we develop confidence in ourselves or people, but not in God. So when that's shaken, we feel like we have nothing left, no safety, no hope. And we grieve the loss of the dream we had for more. A lot of times when we determine we will never feel this way again, we barricade the feelings instead of healing them. And when we don't heal them, unforgiveness and bitterness can set in. For me, it's usually a cocktail of not forgiving them, God, and myself. You see, I don't forgive them for doing it, God for allowing it, and me because I always should have known better. It's the unforgiveness that keeps us chained to the situation and that yanks us back. Trust me, I know that forgiveness isn't easy. And letting someone off the hook may make you feel like you're at the mercy of becoming a victim again. I hate that feeling. But I've learned that the control I need to feel safe and at peace, I haven't. It's just not control over them. It's control over me. I realize I can't change their behavior or make them face what they did. But I get to decide what holds me back what I give my heart to, and when I move forward. People always say that forgiveness is more for you than the other person. But how God put it to me was that it's not about them at all. Unforgiveness and bitterness, <laughs> they, they're your enemies. They're standing in the way of you getting to the next level and what God has promised you. So either forgive so you can disconnect from that person, that situation, and that level, or be pulled backward. Those are the options that every preventer faces. All right, now lastly, we have the negotiator. Now, with this persona, the magnitude of the opportunity, that isn't the problem. Success doesn't scare you, and other people, they don't hold you back. 
You have your to-do list and you are willing to do whatever it takes to move forward until, until things don't go like they should. Oh, when the cost looks like it's too much and when things didn't work out how you decided they should, you go rogue. Now, it's not always overt. Oh no, you simply delay and add extra requirements to your obedience. It may be that you need more support, answers, confirmation, or forgot to show you something to make you feel more comfortable with moving forward. Or it could be that you have too many obligations that you need to get off your plate so you can focus on what God told you to do because it's just too important to do this wrong. So you're going to wait until you can do it right. Or you need to work on this, do this, be this before you're ready. And once you've gotten yourself together, you'll come back and you'll seize this opportunity. See, the negotiator, they hijack their obedience by creating their own rules in attempt to really create another pathway to the promise that's more comfortable for them. Their self-sabotage episode is preceded by a thought that is essentially, I want what I want, but not like that. Is anybody else hearing Backstreet Boys, I want it that way in their head right now? Just me? Okay. Anyway, the negotiator, they are constantly busy, but never really make any real progress to the promise because they've confused pursuing their desires with pursuing the promise. Now remember, I know that each of these personas are so familiar to me because I've met them many times in my life. I am never talking about you. It's always me talking about us. So one thing about the negotiator is they rarely realize that that's what they're doing. They have all of the appearances of obedience, but their heart has left God. They work and work at things, believing that they're getting closer to the promise, but it's all busy work because they didn't actually do what God said do. They tried to change the rules by changing the instructions. Either God didn't say that, he didn't mean that, or they distract themselves from hearing God altogether to alleviate any hope of being disobedient. They've decided what they want and they're going after it, but they took an alternate route because their desire to have what they wanted became more important than how they got it. And their desire makes them blind, deaf, and dumb in the biblical sense. So when you're a negotiator, you run the risk of wanting what you want by any means necessary, feeling Fulfilled becomes more important than actually finding fulfillment. And growth is traded for merely looking productive. You're okay with this hamster wheel of self-sabotage because it gives you the feeling of having what you wanted without actually having to pay the cost to get the real thing. You see, they keep themselves moving so they don't notice. But when they slow down, they feel that something is missing. Y'all, this version of self-sabotage is pursuit just in the wrong direction. We are meant to submit our desire to God and follow his, not the other way around. 
Self-sabotage is an indication of a divided heart that's unsubmitted. Our wants are colliding. So never forget that an unsubmitted heart is prone to self-sabotage because all it can produce is destruction. Without God's desires being the priority, our hearts have no felt safe. And we'll swing from desire to desire to try to find the fulfillment we're longing for. And the trap is we are constantly pursuing, but never really getting the things that God has promised to give us. All because we didn't prioritize getting it from him. We've got to trust that God's promises are a setup for our desires to be fulfilled. So our obedience is just getting us what we truly want. Fulfillment and obedience are really cousins. Having one connects you to the other. So be honest with yourself. Are you fulfilled? If you're not, I guarantee there's an instruction that you ignored or disregarded or altered. Please believe God doesn't stutter. He says what he says and he means it. Changing his instruction to make it more comfortable or easier to do, it doesn't yield the same results. There are no shortcuts here. So in all of this, breaking down the personas, I don't want us to miss something important. What I realized that was heartbreaking to me is that self-sabotage reveals that there are times not even we want what's best for us. If we're honest, sometimes our treatment of ourselves, it doesn't even meet the standard of love, care, and support we expect from other people. You see, self-care isn't just bubble baths, good food, long naps, telling other people no, and splurging on nice things. It's also setting ourselves up to have and be the best. And that means not sabotaging what God has for us. I'm tired of being my own worst enemy. I don't want to be out here matumboing God's blessings for my life. Forget other people. How many times am I going to give up on myself? I am making a commitment to being on my own team. I don't want to believe that any of us want to stay on the level that we're on for the rest of our lives. So we've got to understand that not being obedient, not seeking, not praying, not prioritizing God's desires, all of these things, they're us fighting to stay here. They distract and derail and make us complacent. We have held on to this level for way too long. It's time to go. So what's the first step in breaking this self-sabotage cycle? Well, clarity point. When what I wanted or didn't want to happen wasn't the most important part of the equation, the strength of my self-sabotage dissolved. Because for the spiral to work, self has to be the priority. Your need to fulfill your desires or protect yourself, that's what makes the engine go. So for me... I had to learn to love something more than myself. My success, my survival, and my fulfillment had to be about more than me. These things became worth fighting for only because they had a greater purpose. If you're like me, you are motivated by the greater cost. It can't just be about you. 
If you're messing with me, for instance, eh, I can let that go. But mess with my family, oh, we're moving furniture. I am often willing to sacrifice myself, but others, oh, that's a cost that I can't justify. And that was the cost that God used to help me face myself and fight all of the areas in me that caused me to self-sabotage. So what's your price? What's worth fighting for to you? What is more important than you just having what you want? So before we go, I want to keep the main thing the main thing. What's the blessing of self-sabotage? Through all of this, I've learned self-sabotage is God's mercy. It's him allowing us to see the effects of our brokenness and feel its cost. He uncamouflages our enemy that is sometimes lying dormant inside of us and gives us the tools to fight it. And in his grace, He gives us time. The fact that self-sabotage doesn't destroy us and we have time to get it right is a blessing. Because if we're honest, we weren't looking for this. We were okay in our cycle until he started making us uncomfortable in it. We weren't looking for answers to these problems and we didn't really want to know. But God showed us anyway. And so now it's on us to do something with it. So let me know what decisions you make regarding your self-sabotage. Let me know what personas resonated with you and how your journey is going. Keep the conversation going and let me know by commenting on this episode or any of the Clarity Blog social media pages. You can also send me a message or leave a comment on this blog post at clarityblog.com. I am invested in your journey and I truly want to know how it's going. So please let me know. Don't leave me in this by myself. Talk soon.